0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby Say Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the can, take a deep seat and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Anyway, that's what we're going to do today is talk about God. So uh, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Um, we are in the fourth... And final part of a series called Uncommon Sense. You know, people say that, that common sense is the most lacking thing in today's society. Well, you know, that may be true, but what's even more lacking is uncommon sense. And the uncommon sense that I'm referring to is, is the wisdom that comes from following God. Uh, not just common sense of the world, but the the uncommon sense of doing things the way God said to do them. So, uh, I was in Guatemala, me and Ty and and, and Dwight were in Guatemala a few weeks ago, and it was a life changing experience. Um, I, everybody should go. Okay. Now, I will make an aside to that is George doesn't want all of y'all to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't want all of us going to your house for a week. So, you know, <laughs> I, it, it's best that we just pretty much leave George alone. If you want to go on a mission trip, we will send you to the orphanage though in Mexico. So, but anyway, we, we went down there you know, we've been supporting that ministry for seven years. And, um, me and Ty had never been down there, so George didn't ask us. He just said, you're coming down, and I already bought your plane tickets. So we're like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're going to Guatemala. So we went down there, and it was a, it was a phenomenal experience, and, and I got to practice my Spanish. Um, I really do kind of miss living in, living in Texas, uh, being able to speak Spanish every day. Um, I remember that whenever we first moved to Colorado, my wife, we'd been here about two weeks and we were sitting at the Mexican food place. It's now a Methodist church. And, uh, anyway, we're sitting there and my wife said, well, what do you think about Colorado? I'm like, man, it's really nice here. I mean, the mountains are beautiful and you know, it, there's precipitation and everything, but I've never been around this many white people in my life and they're weird. Okay. (laughs) And so, uh, I, I enjoyed going, getting to go down to Guatemala and, uh, and practice my Spanish. And, uh, so I'm riding with George's kind of like his right hand man. He's the handyman. He's the, he teaches a Bible study. His name's Rolando. He lives right across the road. Uh, Rolando's, uh, one or two daughters are teachers at the boys Academy and, um, Anyway, the whole family's involved with that ministry down there. And and George told me and Ty, he's like, hey, I got to go pick up the van from the mechanic. Do y'all want to go? And I'm like, yeah, we'll go. George asked me, he didn't ask Ty because Ty was crippled at the time. He said, well, do you want to drive the van back? I'm like, I'm not driving in, in Guatemala. I mean, I'm dead serious, man. Down there, it's like traffic laws are just vague suggestions. I mean, you get to a a, uh, an intersection and everybody just goes. And then, you know, you just kind of wait. It's like a roundabout (laughs) in Colorado, but it's even, I don't know, more dangerous, but people are, it's, it's crazy down there. So, you know, George is driving on sidewalks and, you know, passing people on the wrong side. And he's like, oh, it's fine. So I wasn't going to drive. He said, well, Rolando likes to drive. Uh, maybe you can, uh, we'll all four drive down there in the truck and then you and Rolando can ride back. Well, I jumped at that opportunity because Rolando doesn't speak English and I wanted to practice my Spanish. So we go and we get the van and and me and Rolando get in the truck while Ty and George finish up paying for the van and everything. And we head back to El Rosario. And so I I start trying to get my Spanish legs back under me. And there was a lot of hand gesturing and I don't knows. And anyway, we, we finally got into kind of a a cross-fired, uh, rhythm of, of talking in Spanish. And Rolando talked, uh, told me about his 16 year old sister that passed away when they were young. And, and we, we were just visiting, you know how you do. And so anyway, I, I sat there for a long time as the conversation lulled and I, I just couldn't shake one feeling. So I, so I told Rolando about it. I said, Rolando, I said, uh, In Guatemala, in in the United States, it's It's, it's very different. He's like, oh, see? He's like, yeah. And I said, you know, in, in America, in the United States, you know, all the, not everybody, but most people that at least I'm around, you know, they'll have two, three, maybe four televisions in a house. And he was like. I mean, his eyes got wide and he looked at me. I'm like, watch the road, El Camino, right? And he's, you know, whoa. He said, ¿os see si cuatro televisiones? Four TVs? I was like, yeah. And I said, you know, everybody that can drive in a house usually has their own vehicle. He's like, I'm like, Rolando, watch the road. <laughs> he's like, he's like, how many trucks? And I said, three or four. I mean, you know, if you got kids. Uh, and he, he couldn't believe that. And, and I said, I said, Rolando, we have so much food that we throw it away. <laughs> Watch the road, Rolando, <laughs> you know, and, and he couldn't believe it, that we had so much food that we could throw it away. And, and, and he said something to the effect of, man, what a blessing. bendiciones." And I said, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said, here's where we reached the main difference. And I said, everybody that I've met in Guatemala, y'all don't have anything, comparatively speaking. Y'all don't have anything. And I have not seen anything except hard work, happy people. I mean, here's these ladies that have to go out. The, the husbands are working. And, and the ladies and these little kids, they've all got machetes and they're going out to the forest to, to, to chop wood so that they can cook that evening and the next day. And they do that seven days a week. I mean, they hike for miles trying to, I mean, you can think of how many people are around there. And I mean, there's not that many trees. So, you know, it, it's, it's going to these places and, and getting these, this firewood. And when I'm saying firewood, I'm talking about just sticks, but they'll have it all packed on their back. And I said, man, y'all don't have anything. You know, they, they wash their clothes by hand, right? And if you ladies think that I'm, I'm criticizing, I'm not, I'm, I'm just telling the truth. You know, we, and I've been guilty of it whenever I was a single guy, you know, what have you been doing? I've been doing washing all day, which equates to putting it in a machine and pushing a button, right? And they're out there scrubbing their clothes by hand and, Um, all of this stuff. And I said, Rolando, y'all don't have anything, but y'all are happy. We have everything and we're depressed. We're angry. You know, I mean, those people ride in chicken buses, uh, they call them chicken buses. They love Chrome, but you know, they'll be driving down the road and, and it's like a 42 person bus. And there'll be 140 people on this bus and everybody's just happy as can be. My wife would be killing folks. She'd be a serial killer in a Guatemalan prison. She'd be like, get off of me. Quit looking at me, <laughs> which we would probably all be too. Cause we live out here, right? Cause we like our space. And, and, and they're just happy people. And I said, Rolando, Why do y'all have nothing and you're happy? We have everything and we're depressed. Why is that? And he sat there and he drove for a little while. And he said, I think I know what it is. And I said, please tell. And his response blew my mind. Despite everything that I do, it, it absolutely blew my mind and it changed the way I look at everything. And this is what Rolando said. He said, Kevin, when all you have is God, that's all we have. When all you have is God, you realize that God is all you need. <laughs> Crazy. So, so simple. And, and, and I really doubt that any of you are like, well, yeah, we knew that. But, but do we? I mean, seriously, do we know that? I mean, do, do we spend... Every, you know, do we wake up in the mornings? I mean, seriously praising God or, or do we get up in the mornings and, and, and be, I got to go to work. You know, those people die for jobs. I mean, you know, even the most menial jobs, there's 400 people lined up willing to do that job. And, you know, (laughs) I mean, you can make more at McDonald's in a week than they can make, uh, you part-time at McDonald's in a week than they make in a month work in 12 hour days, six days a week. When you have God, you have all you need. In Romans chapter five, verses three and four, or three through five, I'm sorry, three through five. The apostle Paul says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials or or some versions mention suffering. We can rejoice too when we go through times of suffering, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And that's what we talked about in, in Uncommon Sense Part 1. Is that you, you don't get credit for just going through hard times. But, but when you are following God. Because when you are following God. That is uncommon in this world. And when you follow God. Man, I guarantee you. When you stand up, you stand out. And when you stand out. Man, that devil, he'll, he'll take a bead on you. And, and, and things get rough. But do we continue... To do the right thing because that's the way God told us to live. When we do that, there are times that we will suffer. And when you go through that suffering for the gospel's sake and you keep going, you don't give up, you develop endurance. You develop endurance. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. Strength of character man well you know what kind of person are you on the in, inside you know what we all project this this you know big, tough cowboy on the outside, but i mean who who are we really? who are we really? because when you suffer for the sake of of righteousness and you develop endurance man that that transforms you into somebody that is truly strong, truly strong, strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. You know what that means to me right there? When it says an endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. That step four is when you realize what Rolando already knew. When you have God, when all you have is God, you realize that God was all you ever needed. He was all you ever needed. And then in verse five, and it says, and this hope, my, my interjection here, and this hope that we are talking about that is developed through suffering, that, that develops endurance, that develops strength of character, that, that develops a confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. And, you know, it's that word right there that I really think is, is the difference in those people that all they have, seriously, all they have is God and where we who have everything, we're disappointed. Why do you need God and nothing else? Well, I think the first reason is because everything else is gonna let you down. Everything in this world is going to end up disappointing you. I mean, listen, people are going to disappoint you. They are not going to act or treat you the way that possibly you would treat them or that you would want to treat them. I mean, you know, if if y'all would just do what I say the way I say to do it, everything would be better, right? (laughs) I tell my wife that all the time. I don't know what eye rolls mean, but I mean, it must mean something great, right? Cause that's what she does. You know, it must mean you're blessed. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I haven't figured it out yet, but every, every, everyone is going to let you down. You know, it, it, even those that you love the most, your parents, your kids, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, an ultimate let down, but listen, man, everything in this world is eventually at some point in time going to disappoint you, but God will not. God is not going, this hope will not lead to disappointment. Money, I mean, you know, our, our, our love of money is, is, is crazy. I mean, the, the guy that, and and I said this last week, the guy that started the, the Spartan races was talking about some of this stuff. And he said that, um, you know, what once was a luxury has now become a convenience and what has now become a convenience has become a need. So in, in, you know, the transitive property there says that, you know, what we think we need are actually just luxuries and conveniences are not what we need. What we need is God. My, you know, people are are eventually going to disappoint you. I mean, none of us here are going to have enough money that that it will, you know, we can do whatever we want to in the world. Um, you know, fame, having people know you is, is not going to lead to, uh, to some type of fulfillment. I mean, not, not only others and outside things, I mean, our own bodies are going to disappoint us mine faster than I expected. Right. I mean, when I hit 23, stuff just started going downhill. It's crazy. Your mind will disappoint you. Your mind will disappoint you. I mean, it's not going to, as we get older, it's not going to be as sharp as it used to be. Careers, you know, that that, that career that you've been working towards your whole life, as soon as you're gone, somebody's just going to take your place. When when we're all gone, there's going to be another cowboy out there. Okay, there, there's going to be another cowboy out there or there's liable to be a McDonald's out there <laughs> where we live. You know, it's it's growing so fast. The economy, the you know, the economy is not going to, to save us. Our government is not going to save us. Our crops are going to fail. Our cows are going to, there, there's some of them that are going to be open. They're going to get out. There's going to be calves that... That develops snannels, and that's an inside joke. Ty's, you know, Ty and Mitch know about that, but um, you know our 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 son's truck's the, the transfer case is going to drop out on eighty six. I mean, it's just it, it's just the way of the world. Everything in this world is going to disappoint you at some point, except if you suffered for the sake of righteousness. When you have decided that you are going to follow God, man, it's not easy, but it's going to lead to endurance. And that endurance is going to make you strong. And when you're strong, you're going to realize that all you ever needed was God. And you had him all along. You had the answer. The answer has been there, right there, every single minute of every single day. And we just brushed it aside as some sort of luxury or some Sunday uh, deal. When you need, when all you have is God, you realize that God is all you ever needed. And this hope will not lead to disappoint you. Everything in this world is gonna end up quitting on you, your own body, your mind. You're gonna lose friends. Uh, things are not going to go your way. Even if they don't, the high will fade over time. One of my, uh, something that I want to do in life is, is one day I'd like to be able to travel and see Australia. And I, and, and, and hopefully one day God will allow that. And whenever I get to Australia, you know, I'll be wide eyed and be like, oh! but you know, those pilots that fly to Australia all the time. They're like, I got to fly to Australia today. You know, I mean, it's no big deal to them, right? Because the more you do it, the, the, the less fulfillment it brings, except for God, he will not disappoint you. Everyone else is trying to squeeze the most out of this life while we wait on the next. You know, there's a, there was a famous psychological study done where they took kids, right? And, um, they set all these kids down. I think they probably ranged from, you know, probably five or six up to, you know, like my age, 23. And um, they, they offered all of the kids, they said, there's two things. You can have one cookie now, or you can wait 15 minutes and have two. And after years of studying this, the, the, the kids that waited the 15 minutes so that they could get two, Exhibited more of a self-controlled behavior that they shied away from that instant gratification. And what I see in this world is everybody is trying to make heaven on earth and this is not heaven. This world is filled with pain and suffering and and people are going to let you down. Trucks are going to let you down. Horses are going to let you down. Wheel bearings are going to go out. Cattle are going to get out. There's, There's very little that is perfect in this world except for the Holy Spirit that resides in each and every one of you. But something better is waiting on those that believe in Christ. Something better is waiting. And unfortunately, I think even as us as Christians, man, we, wanna, we, we want that one cookie right now. And we'd like, you know what? We, we would rather have that one cookie right now and make the most of it than wait for 15 minutes on two. But as, as Christians, that's what we're called to do is wait just a little longer and everything won't get better. Everything will get perfect for those that believe in Jesus Christ. Everyone else is trying to squeeze the most out of this life. And and where I'm getting to a point in my life is I'm not necessarily trying to squeeze everything out of this life. I'm confidently and expectantly hoping on the next life, on the next life, because it's that next life where eternity begins. For those that believe, man, perfection is waiting on you. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. If it was not so, I wouldn't have told you that. In my father's house are many rooms. There's mansions waiting on some of us. There's rewards, there's crowns. I don't even know what the purpose of those is because when, when you stand face to face with God, man, what more could we ask for? Why do we need God and nothing else? Because the presence of God through our faith is what saves us, not the lack of sin. What do you think about that? Jesus is better at saving than we are at sinning. Christianity is about the presence of God in your life, not the lack of sin okay that 's why we need God in our life and, and, and I honestly think that some of you may take this as a criticism it 's not a criticism I, I just think that that we have just gotten off course and, and that, that, that some institutions are are, are doing their best. But, but they, they very seldom preach God. They preach don't sin. And the lack of sin doesn't bring God into your life. The presence of the Holy Spirit does. I have found that religion is more sin focused than God focused. And, and that's the easy way out because, I mean, I can list a thousand sins and, and you want to talk about easy sermon preparation. I could just stand up here and talk about a different sin every day. But but, but, there's, but the lack of sin in our life doesn't mean that we are saved because I know some people, I know a few people in my life that if, if you didn't know any better the way that they live their lives, they would be the best Christians on earth. They're very giving. They help people. I mean, quick to, quick to give themselves and all of this stuff. But yet they're atheists. So, so, you know, just, just because you lack sin doesn't mean that you have God. God is better, or Jesus is better at saving than we are at sinning. Let's focus on Jesus instead of sin. John 1, eight says, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living the truth. Now, don't, don't get me wrong here, okay? When, when you have faith in God, you are freed from the power of sin and death, okay? Sin is no longer your boss, God is, okay? And and the likely result of that is a righteous life, okay? I'm not saying that sin doesn't play an important part in, in, in our relationship with God, but all it does is sin gets in the way of that relationship, but it is not stronger than the relationship. And if we are suffering for the sake of the gospel and we are developing endurance, which leads to strength of character, and we do have a strong character that that uh, produces a hope that will not disappoint man, the, the result of our salvation will be one that bears fruit. Okay, but let's not put the cart before the horse just because you quit all, you know, you quit running around on, on, on your spouse and, and, and you quit whatever sin comes to mind. That doesn't mean that you have God in your life. Now, when you have God in your life, he will help you to overcome these things that get in the way of that relationship. Okay, don't don't put words in my mouth, but we will never be free from sin while we are on this earth. John said it right there, the writer of Revelation, the only disciple to stand at the foot of the cross, the only male disciple, I might add, the only one of the 12 to stand at the foot of the cross wrote right there, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living the truth. It's not the lack of sin that saves us. It's the presence of God. Why do we need God in our life? Because God is the only one that can heal us death is the ultimate healer for the believer i mean you know w- we do pray and we should pray for for people that are uh you know have cancer or other ailments or something like that but it isn't that just delaying the inevitable i mean my my buddy bill that that passed away on thursday man i i, I know he believed in god he is completely healed as a matter of fact he is perfect now no more pain no more suffering He will dry every tear from every eye. Why do we need God in our lives? Because he is offering us eternal healing, eternal perfection for the unbeliever. Death results in everlasting pain. You know, and and, and you hear this, this thing that people say, well, if God loves us, why would he send us to hell? God does not send us to hell. We choose it. He offers us eternal life for just believing in his son. It is a free gift. He offers it to us. I mean, you know, we're hanging on by our, by our fingertips uh, above eternal punishment. And, and he's reaching out his hand and he's saying, take my hand, take my hand. And we're like, no, nah, I don't need that. We fall. He didn't send us there. We choose it. But he makes us choose. There's only, there's a right path and a wrong path. And he says, man, I want you to be with me. I wanted you to be with me so much that I sacrificed my own son so that there would be no more sacrifices, so that you didn't have to depend upon yourselves any longer, that I would do it for you. And all I ask in return is to love me and love others. Is he asking too much? When we realize that God is all we have, we realize that God is all we'll ever need. God is the only one that can heal you, but God is also the only one that can fulfill you. We all look for that fulfillment in in the things that I've already talked about. We we look for fulfillment in our horses, in our roping, in our careers, in in our retirement plans, in our 401ks, and through our political parties, and all of this stuff. None of that will fulfill you. Only God can fulfill you. Jesus says it twice in Matthew, once as he's being tempted in the desert after 40 days with no food. During that time, the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by the word that comes by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he was the word of God. And he said that he loves you with an unending, passionate love so much that he's willing to live the life that you are incapable of living. And if you will just depend upon him, you will spend forever in heaven. Does that mean that that the rest of your life is going to be easy? Absolutely not. It will not be easy because when you stand up, you stand out. And then in Matthew chapter, that was in Matthew chapter four and Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? No, it's not. Nothing is worth more than your own soul. Our luxuries that have become conveniences and our conveniences that have become needs, man, all of that stuff is worthless. It's not going to fill that hole that you have inside of you. If you hadn't been searching for something more and better, you wouldn't be here today. And, I'm, and, and for the love of God, I'm giving you the answer. I'm not, even, I'm not even talking in riddles. I am saying that God is all you need. That doesn't mean that when you get him and he lives in you, that your life will become easier. That's not what it means. It means when you leave this world, you will enter into perfection. Wait the 15 minutes, take the two cookies. And finally, my wife told me one time that the reason that I like the cowboy way of life so much is it 's such a direct illustration of of the Christian life, the cowboy life and the christian life that there 's so many parallels in, in everything and um, one day my me and my dad we we look quite a bit alike, even the people that have known us for a long time. You know, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I thought that was your dad standing there and it was you." And I'm like, "My dad looks 23? That's crazy." He's old, right? And one day my dad had walked into our house in Texas and he was standing by the back door and that's where the washer and dryer was cuz we was high class. We lived in a double-wide trailer. And um she was he was standing there and I, I don't know if he was taking his boots off or something and my wife came around the corner and from the back we looked so much alike that she was fixing to walk up there and she walked up behind him. She's gonna slap him on the butt. <laughs> and right as she was gonna do it, he turned around and she liked a vapor lock. <laughs> and so she's telling me about it later and she goes, I should have known because you Weatherbees, as you get older, you develop the cowboy no butt, you know, just, just the flat butt. And she goes, don't you ever get that cowboy? She goes, I always want you to have a butt so I can pick you out in a crowd. Where am I going with that? I'll tell you. See, grace has no butt. Grace has no butt. God's offer of eternal life has no qualifications apart from faith. I mean, He he's... He, he's God is reaching out with his grace and his mercy. And he's like, man, just take it. And you're like, but, but God, I've done this and I've been this and I've lived like this. He's like, I don't care. No, buts just, just believe in it. Just take it. It, It's yours. I sacrificed my son for it. All you have to do is reach out and grab onto it. Like the lifeline it is, because if we knew how important it was, man, (laughs) there's no telling what we would do with this life. We might go out and tell others about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We might spend a lot more time in the good book if we would reach out and take that grace that has no but. We might love others that, that, that don't act like us. You know what we call people that don't act like us? We call them stupid, right? Oh, stupid people. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not stupid. They, they just don't act like us, but God loves them. Just as much as he loves us. And that grace is offered to you, to me. That grace is offered to to serial killers and and rapists. And I know that's hard to understand for us. But grace has no buts. For we are saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. Now, what we do with the rest of our life after that grace is offered is a whole nother sermon. Anyone can have it. Anyone can receive it. No buts. No buts. In John six twenty nine, Jesus said this. The only work that God wants from you is to believe in the one that he sent. My goodness, don't we make this complicated? Don't we make this complicated? I mean, in, in Matthew 4, he says that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And Jesus is the word of God made flesh. And he said it right there. The only work God wants from you is to believe in the one that he has sent. Do you believe that? Or are we chasing other things that are gonna lead to disappointment? We can rejoice too when we have, when we run into problems and trials for we know that they will help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. When we realize that God is all we have We realize that it was only God that we ever, ever, ever needed. Have you been disappointed? Been going through a rough patch, haven't you? Wondering why you're here, what you're supposed to do. God has told you all of that today. He's told it to you over the last four weeks if you've been here. Maybe you need to go back and listen to it. When you go through suffering for the sake of the gospel, you develop endurance, and endurance leads to strength of character, and strength of character leads to hope that will not disappoint. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we have put our faith in this world. We are all guilty of that. It's no wonder that we have been disappointed for so long. I pray today that we will all reach out to you and tie hard and fast to your truth, which is the only thing that will never let us down and never disappoint. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.